When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Real Money Quick. I'm Don McDonald. Welcome to the last week of August. Fall is just around the corner, and it has absolutely nothing to do with money. So I don't know why I mentioned it, because it really doesn't. If you invest properly, you don't care what season it is. You don't even care what the markets are doing. And that's the big reason for this show and our longer podcast that comes from our radio show to help you understand how investing is supposed to work, not how Wall Street wants you to think it works. It's not a game that's supposed to work in their favor. It's a process that's supposed to work in yours. And yet most of the time it doesn't. That's because most of the people out there aren't looking to take care of you. So that's why this podcast is here, to help you understand money better. We're going to take your calls. You call them in anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to 855-935-TALK. And then I'll answer those on this podcast every week. In addition, I'll throw in some of the features, the brief investing-oriented features that I do for Como on a weekly basis. And you'll get this really quick, well-rounded financial education at least once a week. So, in fact, in the future, we may do a couple over the next couple of weeks because our show on Como Radio in Seattle is being preempted by Washington Husky football games for a couple of weeks. So we, I may do a couple of extra podcasts. I don't know. So anyway, give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. We got more great calls this week. So let's get right to them. Hey, Tom and Don. My name is Ian. And I'd like to know more about uh, selecting a fiduciary. You guys do a great job explaining that on, on the radio. I see all these uh, acronyms, CFP, CLU, or CHFC. What should I be looking for? What do, what do all these acronyms mean? And what are all these certifications? And uh, uh, help me out there. Thank you much. Wow. Ian, another great broad-based, interesting-to-everybody kind of question. Those are the questions I really like. All right, one, let's start with fiduciary. A fiduciary anything is someone who is required to act in your best interests. And we believe very strongly that the only people who should be providing investment advice to you are those who are not just required to act as a fiduciary, but are always required to act as a fiduciary. And it's that always that is the most important part of that sentence, because there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who have a designation that requires a fiduciary responsibility at times, but they can switch hats, which is why I created hats, actual hats. You can go see them at TalkingRealMoney.com because they don't tell you when they switch hats. They don't tell you, hey, I'm a fiduciary right now, and now I'm just giving you advice that's eh, sort of in your best interest. 
As for those other designations, CLU, CFP, CHFC, what they tell you is that the person you're dealing with has received an extra level of training. Let's start with CFP and CHFC. The CFP is a certified financial planner. There is a uh, series of coursework they have to go through and some tests they must take. And then they have to uh, abide by a fiduciary oath. But let me tell you, there really isn't anybody enforcing that. I can't tell you the number of CFPs who are out there acting as dual registered advisors who are selling annuities, high commissioned annuities and commission mutual funds on one hand, and then giving you a financial plan and going, I'm your fiduciary. On the other hand, none of these mean anything more than a higher level of education. CHFC, Chartered Financial Consultant, is the same coursework as that given to CFPs, it's just under another organization that tends to be affiliated more with people in the insurance industry, but it's the same coursework. And then CLU is Certified Life Underwriter. This is somebody who's taken, I think it's 30 hours of coursework on insurance and estate planning. So a C, you're going to see CLUs a lot in the insurance industry. As a matter of fact, insurance agents better trained insurance agents will often have the CLU and the CHFC, but bear in mind the vast majority of insurance agents don't act under that fiduciary banner most of the time. They're selling you products. So again, the big question to ask, are you always required to act as a fiduciary? Then, no matter what they answer, are you willing to put that in writing? And you can download a uh, an advisor interview form. All of you download it at TalkingRealMoney.com. It's totally free. Take it to your financial person. Say, please, will you fill this out and sign it? If they refuse, that should make you suspicious because a person who is honorable and telling the truth shouldn't be afraid to tell you the truth and sign it in writing. Hey, Ian, thanks so much for being a part of this podcast. And remember, you guys can call in your questions anytime, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Give as much information in the question you leave on the voicemail as you can and leave a number just in case we need to get back to you for some additional stuff. 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. You're on Talking Real Money Quick. If you're sick of your self-interested financial advisor and are looking for a 100% fiduciary low-fee investment advisor, call my firm, Vestry, at 800-386-3004 or visit us at vestry.com. Unlike the physical world, when it comes to global equity investing, what went up in the past and then fell down came up again by more than it fell. That's because investing in a diversified portfolio of stocks means investing in the Earth's economy. And so far, that's always grown larger. In fact, according to one scientist who devoted decades to studying historic economic growth, the global economy has grown steadily for thousands of years. Since hundreds of recessions, depressions, and even a couple of global wars didn't stop the juggernaut of human economic growth, doesn't it seem reasonable to expect that, short of an asteroid strike or zombie apocalypse, the global economy will continue to grow? If stock prices seem high today, it's extremely likely that at some point in the future, they'll be higher if you invest broadly 
and globally. Sure, stock prices fall from time to time, but they have always eventually risen by far more than they've fallen. Betting on future economic growth is a wager you almost can't lose. And if you do, you probably won't care. One of our favorite things to do is actually answer your questions. And so that we know what they are, it's really helpful if you call them in. And we have a 24-hour number to do just that. It's not a number to try to sell you anything. You're not going to get stuck talking to some advisor. You're just going to be able to leave your question on a voicemail system, and then I'll edit it into the podcast. So give us a call anytime, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And let's get to our next caller here on Talking Real Money Quick. My question is regarding 529 plans. When it comes to 401k plans, I know conventional wisdom is to start to move the money towards a more conservative approach as you get closer to retirement, i.e. into fixed income and into some bonds. So you create a diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds. I was wondering if the same approach applies to 529 plans. I don't hear that question asked very often on financial shows. Um, I hear 529 plans touted quite a bit and discussed. However, I was wondering, as students get closer to that age where they're going to start needing to tap into the 529s, should I be moving the funds into more conservative investments, such as bond funds? I have my kids right now in pretty much all stock funds with Vanguard, a variety of stock funds, including growth and income, uh, small cap, kind of take the approach that Paul Merriman and yourselves talk about in terms of diversifying into different asset classes. So I was looking at, I have a 14-year-old son, so he's about four years away from college, and was looking at if I should start moving some of his funds into a bond fund, um, maybe incrementally, uh, maybe 20% a year or 10% a year until he graduates, and then moving it on. A 529 plan is a plan where your money grows tax-free for a kid's future education. It could be college or trade school. A lot of different things qualify. And as with anything else, we believe you should be as aggressive as you are comfortable being in the early going. And that generally means having a very large percentage of the portfolio in equities. You've got to be able to stomach, though, the big declines in the stock market that will occur at unpredictable intervals and last for unpredictable amounts of time. But you are correct. Just as with retirement funds, as you get closer to needing the money, it needs to start moving into more conservative and more liquid vehicles. The exact timing depends on the individuals, but you need to set up a formula whereby you are confident you can take care of of the expenses in the year they occur without a whole lot of volatility to the portfolio. If a 50% stock market decline hits like, did in, like it did in 2008, you don't want to have all the kids' money tied up in the stock market. You won't have enough for school. Make sure you have enough to cover the first couple of years in very safe bonds. And you can begin that process pretty much any time. But I would say probably as you get toward the last three to five years, you're going to you're going to start 
incrementally increasing the amount in bonds. Now, a lot of 529 plans have this built in, which is one of the reasons why we like, for example, the Utah 529 plan, which you can find at my529.com. Org, I think, and be- believe me, nobody kicks Mac anything to us. We just find stuff we like and tell you about it. They have age-based plans using Vanguard funds at very, 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 very reasonable fees. So you might want to consider just getting it set up over there and having them do it for you. They have a formula by which they rebalance, and it's pretty conservative. So uh, it should put you in good stead when the uh, kids are heading off to school. Thanks for the question. Remember, the number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255 on Talking Real Money Quick. Subscribe to free monthly email updates from the only magazine devoted to real investing, Real Investing Journal, at realinvestingjournal.com. Over the past 90-plus years, the stock market, by almost any definition, has consistently outperformed most other investments by a fairly wide margin. Why? In a word, risk. It isn't enough to just invest. Totally safe investments have provided little or no return on the money invested in real terms after inflation. You don't have an inalienable right to make money on your money. Like it or not, no risk investing means no return investing. You must take risk to make money. So the trick is to take smart risk. Individual stocks can lose 100% of your investment. Are you okay with that? Yet if you own every publicly traded stock on the planet, your risk of 100% loss practically vanishes. We know from decades of statistics that the global stock markets in aggregate have two things in common. They fluctuate, and they've posted close to double-digit average annual returns in the past. We hate volatility. We love the returns. But the volatility, which springs from economic uncertainty, is what creates the environment for those potential returns. Uncertainty is certain, so learn to live with it or expect no returns. Tom and I hear it all the time on our radio show. Our advisor wouldn't mislead me because he's so nice. If nice was the only qualification to providing financial advice, most of the planet's population would qualify. A couple of years ago, the CFP board hired a bearded DJ with dreadlocks, shaved, sheared him, and gave him a professional hairstyle and a nice suit with a traditional red pattern tie, and shared with him a few minutes of industry catchphrases. This guy was so bright that when the trainer explained 529 college plans, he asked if all 56 states offered them. In the commercial, he sits down with a variety of people in a broker-style office and spouts jargon like a 401k is the most sound way to go or let's talk asset allocation. After the meeting, all but one potential client felt he appeared knowledgeable and professional and would consider hiring him as their financial advisor. Don't think you can be fooled the same way? Think again. The vast majority of those providing you with financial advice are salespeople and not professional investment advisors. Do your homework and use my advisor interview form at TalkingRealMoney.com. If you're sick of your self-interested financial advisor and are looking for a 100% fiduciary low-fee investment advisor, call my firm, Vestry, at 800-386-3004 or visit us at Vestry.com. Change is coming, yet the big banks, brokerage houses, and insurance companies ignore the industry's evolution to their own future peril. Investors are getting smarter. Active portfolio management is fading as investors realize that Wall Street doesn't know the future. They understand that high commissions and fees do not benefit them. Yet Wall Street keeps fiddling the same old tune while their business model goes up in flames. Take UBS. Rather than admitting that active management and high fees hurt their clients, they decide to start selling a product that combines the worst of ETFs 
and mutual funds called Next Shares from Eaton Vance. These exchange-traded funds are actively managed, which means that their expenses are twice the average of other similar equity ETFs, according to Morningstar. Plus, rather than investors knowing exactly what's in the portfolio, Eaton Vance obtained an exemption from the SEC, allowing them to only disclose holdings quarterly. Prior to 1975, 100% of mutual funds were actively managed. Today, that number is around 70% and is predicted to drop below 50% over the next decade. Investors are getting smarter and Wall Street needs to do the same. We had an overabundance of questions this week, and that's great. I'm happy. I'm happy to make this podcast a little longer or maybe even split it into a couple. So, the more you call, the better. 855-935-TALK is the number, 855-935-8255. And the beauty of this is that you can call that number when a question comes to you. You go, oh, I need to ask Don. Just call 855-935-TALK anytime, day or night, and we'll work it into the next week's podcast. So give me a holler. Now let's move on to our next call. I have a question about retirement. I'm 57 years old have no retirement, self-employed, have no money saved up, maybe 5000 And I'm wondering if there's any hope for me and what steps I should take to avoid living in the streets. I have a low risk for, a low tolerance for risk, pretty conservative, and not a lot of expendable income. Oh, it's a good question, but boy, it's sure one I hate answering, particularly when I have to answer honestly, and honestly, you're in trouble. If you want to retire comfortably, you've got to do something reasonably drastic right now. Because right now, as it stands right now, when you retire, you're going to be totally reliant upon Social Security. And you didn't say what your income was, but you did say it was low. And because it's low, it's very likely that your Social Security payments will be low, you need to immediately go to ssa.gov and set up an account and find out what your social security benefit is going to be, because you're going to have to plan around that, around that being your primary source of income right now. And that's not much. The average social security monthly payout is about $1,300 a month. And that doesn't take you very far. The 5000 isn't going to take you anywhere, even if you grow it like crazy. And that's the problem. We've, you've got a conservative approach to investing, not a lot of income to save, and a small amount already saved. Even if you invested that 5000 as aggressively as I would begin to suggest, odds are that by the time you get to 65, that 5000 isn't going to be worth a whole lot more than ten, maybe 12000 Again, not going to carry you through. You are going to have to figure out a way to reduce your expenses or increase your income, again, unless you're comfortable living on Social Security. The other thing you're probably going to need to do is delay retirement until at least 70. So that gives you 13 years or so. You may need to go past that to begin to build your investments starting with that $5,000, and you can't afford to be conservative. Whether you're conservative or not, you're going to have to either accept that you're not going to have anything or uh, embrace, adopt a more aggressive mindset, understanding that, yeah, in a given bad, awful year like 2008, 
you can lose half your money. You really can't. Can you lose it all? Not if you invest it the way we suggest, which is in a globally diversified portfolio like the, the Vanguard Total World Stock Index Fund. Just own the whole world. But you will have to accept volatility. There is no doubt you will watch your the value fluctuate all over the place, and it'll scare you to death. And if you think you're going to pull it out, well, then you're going to be stuck with bonds. You're going to be stuck conservative. But you have got to find a way to start putting money away every single month in some kind of an investment portfolio. And again, I'm going to repeat this. I think you're going to have to be far more aggressive than you are comfortable being and wait a lot longer. You're going to have to be flexible at the end. For example, because you're going to need to be aggressive, if you want to retire in 13 years and the market is way down, you may have to wait two or three or four more years for the market to come back. Otherwise, it's going to be a frugal retirement. Thanks for the call. And I want to thank all of you for being a part of another edition of Talking Real Money Quick. I think they just get better every week because you are sending in, calling in great stuff. So uh, remember that number, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're going to help you manage your money better and become a better investor right here on this podcast, Talking Real Money Quick. Also, tell a friend or two or three or five or a dozen. Subscribe to the podcast. And, oh, my gosh, if you'd leave us a nice review, that is so, one, encouraging, and two, really helpful in improving our rankings and getting more people to listen. So thanks for being a part of it. I'm Don McDonald. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?